Oh, wait, 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 wait. Guys, we didn't talk about Ob Nixilis last time. It was on my list, but we didn't get to it. Ob Nickelback? Is that what? <laughs> Ob Nickelback. Look at this photograph. <laughs> we, we didn't talk about him because everybody talks about him. Like, well, that's why we didn't talk about him because everybody else about talks about it. We're not, we're not going to talk about him? Talking about him now. Cause, no, cause, we didn't want to talk about him. Talk about him. Say the same thing that everybody else said a hundred times. He's good. Oh, yeah. Probably, probably going to, you know. He's good. He's, is that the best you got? He's good. He's going to be used. <laughs> He's better for Jace. I'll give you that. He's better than what? Stripper Jace. <laughs> stripper Jace. Tell me about you Stripper don't Jace. Know about Stripper Jace? No. You weren't playing during the, the Pirate Jace. Yeah, no, he's a stripper. I'm sorry. He looks like a stripper. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Hold on. I got to I got to see this. Stripper Jace. <laughs> Google search. That's the Simic Chase, right? What's that? Oh, God. No. Simic Chase. No. Right? No. Do not image search Stripper Chase. <laughs> God damn it. It's Chase <laughs> something castaway. That's okay, thank you for the actual type. Um, I'm scarred. Cunning castaway. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> This is kind of like the fit photos I saw on the image search, except he has clothes on. <laughs> Anyways, so he makes a, a novel. Oh, yeah. a la Ob but it's So, five minutes ago, I would have said Ob Nixilis is better than Stripper Jace, but Stripper Jace has just provided me with more entertainment than Ob Nixilis probably ever will, so... Well, mm-hmm. uh, it's provided me with more scarring than Omnixless um, ever will. Well, you haven't been on the, the other end of a beatdown from Ob yet, so at you the don't know what I've seen. Better. You don't know what I've seen. Dude, you always safe search. It's important. Lots of tribal tattoos <laughs> oh, God. in various places. Welcome to Magic Proving Grounds, the only Magic the Gathering podcast that proves Mana Burn was good, actually. Today is April 26th, 2022, and uh, with me are our co-hosts. Oh, am I supposed to say my name? I thought you were going to say my name, and I was going to say, what's up? I'm Ben. This is where Dave says Hi, Ben. I'm Dave, and I strongly disagree with the idea that Mana Burn was a good thing. What? It was good. I loved it. It was the best. <laughs> yeah, you could tap other people's it's land and then make them take damage. It's a terrible mechanic. And yeah, it's, glad it's gone. Ben will know which Ice Age novel was the one where the guy clearly had mana burn in the cage. Or, uh, that would be the, uh, the Dark, the Gathering Dark. Was it the Gathering Dark? That was I sick. I you read that was. bit where the guy's eyes are glowing and stuff, and you're like, oh. That's yeah, they me. retconned that scene out of there. Oof. Big sads. I mean, I read all the books, too. What? Well, not all of them. I stopped in the Mirrodin cycle, but I read all of them up to the Mirrodin cycle. Oh, Mirrodin's good. I stopped around Lorwyn. Uh was going to start back up when they released the Ravnica one, bought the the physical copy, and then accidentally bought the digital copy, and then heard it was really bad and didn't read either of them. 
Yeah, I oh. heard the War of the Spark one was really bad too. But I, I actually have been trying to spark. I'm trying to read them again. I found the Mirrodin books at like a um, half anyways, price. What have you guys been doing this week? Uh, getting ready for Capenna. I uh, went to a couple pre-release events over the weekend. Uh, did the limited draft of it. It's pretty uh, interesting set, I'd say. Uh, it's really easy to make five colors, especially if you happen to pull like treasure tokens, uh, making devices. And then you can. I went one day and I played all five colors. Uh, and then I just did a, I think it'd be white, no, Obscura, sorry, it would be, a, yeah, an Obscura deck the next time. Um, nice. We had a lot of fun. You can say Esper, people Esper. understand you. Well, okay, so the thing is, the first day, you get your pre-release pack like normal, except one of the packs in the new Capenna one is like specially curated for a house. And I didn't notice that, so I picked like Riveteers. Yeah. So I picked Riveteers the first day, even though I would have picked Obscura probably if I would have known. So I ended up going five colors on that day. And then the second day I went in and just got my Obscura and ended up going with Obscura because it was the best of the choices there. Nice. I didn't place or anything, but uh, we did have – it was probably the most fun I've played in Magic. And the thing about Limited, I think, is that it puts everybody at the same kind of power level. Um, and games become more strategic, and you you have to think about your moves. It's not just like when you play modern, uh, you just slam your <laughs> slam your uh, strategy down yeah. real fast. I mean, technically, you're still at the same power level as everybody else. You have access to the same exact cards in modern that everyone else does. True, but the power level of modern is higher, is what I mean. I guess uh, everything comes right. out turn three, uh, whereas in limited. I mean, limited. Limited formats are my favorite formats because I think they make you think about magic harder than other formats. I think you have to really think about the cards that you're using and and you have to be able to build something with limited resources. But uh, technically, it has the most disparate power level because it's all based on what you get in your packs. That's true. The guy that won, he was like just stomping people with like mean decks. <laughs> and he and he was there both days and he won both times. He's a really good player. Hello, we are now friends, right? Ah. <laughs> um so what have you been up to uh Dave? Work. Other Dave. Primarily work. I have not got to play that much magic this week. Oh. It's a bad week. Um yeah, it's a sad week. But I I have done some research. I've been watching some people play at pre-releases. I did not play myself. The card pool definitely seems interesting. Nice. Well, I myself didn't go to any uh, pre-releases this weekend because I'm a hermit. So instead, I uh, did a, a round of the Tinker Cube, which is, is kind of fun. I like Limited as well, although I am absolutely poo at it, but I'm trying. Did some of that, did some of the quick drafts on Arena and uh, climbed the ladder. Uh, I think I'm getting a good handle on the the Arclight Phoenix deck that I put together. I mentioned I put together last week, I think. So doing that. Yeah. It's a good deck. It's fun when everything comes out like you want it to. Um, like I said, I'm getting the hang of it, working on sequencing and stuff. Uh, I think that deck requires a lot of like sequencing over uh, a typical like red aggro deck or something. So that's what I've been up to. However, uh, Wizards has been up to a lot of stuff this week. We've got a lot of news, so... There's a lot to talk about. Lots to talk about. First off, let's go over the State of Arena announcement. This actually covers two announcements, really. So let's get cracking. The thing that they announced on uh, the State of the Arena address 
is the new format. Why don't you go ahead and take this explanation there, Ben? So the new format is what they are calling Explorer. It is a mirror to tabletop, so you won't have the arena changes or the alchemy changes. It'll be constructive, non-rotating, using all the Pioneer legal cards that are currently in arena. There's a couple things that they kind of go through here and explain about it, and so I'll sum them up, I guess, best I can. If a card needs banned, it will be banned in Explorer, Uh, due to there not being all of the cards, so they might have some problems with some power levels of a card being uh, high or, you know, not having the card to compensate for the power level. So that'll be banned. And then over time, they will release the cards until Pioneer is complete. And at that point, they will call it Pioneer instead of Explorer. Then the ban list of Pioneer will then take effect. Okay, so... the way I understand it. It will begin with the same ban list as Pioneer... Uh, but oh. may need to be managed separately. Oh, okay. Whoa. Does this make Pioneer good? I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> what is the first set on Arena right now? That would be, was it uh, Ixalan? No. I mean, that depends on whether you're talking uh, chronologically or when it was Cal- added Kaladesh. The first set on, Kaladesh. I say Kaladesh is technically on there. The oldest one. Uh, but it is. Yeah. Kaladesh is older than Amonkhet. Isn't Amonkhet on there? Oh, it might be Amonkhet, yeah. One of those two, because they remastered them. I think they're in the same... I think they're in the same block, aren't they? They were right next to each other either way. Yeah, so uh, essentially, they will continue to move backwards from there until they get to Cons of Tarkir, and then they will have everything on there, and then it will just become Pioneer as we know it, exactly how it is in card format. Right. I, like I mean, they said when they started the historical format that their plan was to eventually expand it to Pioneer and have all the Pioneer cards in there, but they were going to do it slowly over time. And then it just kind of seemed like they just gave up on that. They were like, oh, okay, this is too much work. Yeah. And now I guess they're they're saying that, oh, you know, we didn't forget, kind of. It yeah, I think all along. I think they want Pioneer to succeed. And I, I think that shows from the announcement of the Pro Tour, uh, starting with Pioneer. And so they're really pushing for it, and they have to have it on in a format that people are playing. So Arena's right. a big well, moneymaker. I, I think in general, Arena, they view Arena as their future. Yep. I, I think they don't stop at Pioneer. I think eventually it becomes the home of Modern. You think so? Um, eventually they'll stick Modern on there? That would yeah, be great. because, I mean, MTGO is, is a nightmare. If you go to watch any of their major tournaments, I can't. Like it's painful to watch. I can watch people playing in arena all day long. Yeah. And when you play MTGO, sometimes uh, depending on how familiar, I'm starting to get more familiar with it, but sometimes you're not entirely sure if what you are going to do is going to be exactly what you actually want to do. Um and I don't have that problem in arena at all. Mm. The the interface for Arena is more intuitive and better designed, that is for sure. I know that a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, we were playing that uh, popper match, and we kept passing turns. Yeah, we're, we're reordering the cards wrong to go back on the top yeah, of the library, XYZ, because it's, yeah. it's not explicit about it. It's rough when you're easily confused and not that bright to uh, use the UI on uh, MTGO. Back to what other Dave 
was saying, you envision that at some point in the future, modern will be on arena, and this is the first steps towards that. Yeah. You- so I don't know that though they will. I mean, ideally, eventually every card has to be in there. But I mean, you can do similar to with the way that they've handled what are they the historic anthologies. Mm-hmm. You know, you could get every staple from modern in there relatively easily. Yeah. You, know, you just be like, all right, here's the Snapcaster Mages and the, the Ragavans of the world. And, you know, we can worry about whatever common from Time Spiral that nobody plays with in there can come later. Right. They could. It would kind of, that kind of would suck for like brewing, right? If you want to try to brew stuff and the card's just not there. But that wouldn't be a bad first step. Does that make sense? And eventually fill mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, eventually they are going to want everything in there because maybe some weirdo in the middle of nowhere is like, hey, my modern deck has this card that bounces something for seven in it. You know? Yeah. Options yeah. are good. You don't want to get caught with your. Uh pants down if they uh, somebody brews some off-the-wall deck that takes over a format and then all of a sudden you can't play it on arena because yeah. the cards aren't there yeah so yeah. i think okay. the way they my, released my pioneer deck is is still rolling around somewhere what what yeah. i don't know i was trying to think of a card that was modern playable that no one would actually play <laughs> Lequatus <laughs> was the first thing that came to mind. Uh, he was about ready to bestow some wisdom on us. Oh. Give us the deets on this format-breaking jank deck that you've got rolling about. Yeah, but I think that the way they introduce things through Pioneer will kind of inform how they, if they're going to tackle modern, uh, then that'll inform us how they'll introduce the cards. Yeah, it seems like uh, at least right now they're going to go the anthology route because they're saying that starting with the sixth anthology release they're going to be doing cards for both historic and explore so oh, okay that's good are are any of the cards currently in the historic anthology modern cards and not pioneer yes. cards uh, yes including uh, right. darcy dragon rage chandler uh and lightning bolt yeah i was about to say lightning bolt but that's banned actually so that's banned right? it's historic? banned modern no historic i don't know oh why would it be on Arena if it's banned in Historic? Because they put it on Arena and then had to ban it. <laughs> I mean, they did that Oof. with some of the... Uh, Let me look uh, it up. Cause I the cards from Trixhaven that were older they, cards. They, I can't they, remember they, what they called them. It's banned, and I thought, well, that's dumb. <laughs> you just put that on there not that long ago. Because Memory Lapse is banned from that. Oh, Anyways, right. Keep talking amongst yourself. I'm doing research on the fly. Can you hear us? If I could spell. that would. I don't think he can hear us. Because he's, like, talking. Anyway, um, the other things in this... uh, Anyways, so I guess what I was trying to get at, uh, do you see Explorer overtaking the other formats that are currently available on Arena? At at first, no. So I I think right now, you know, I would continue to play Historic. But if I was going to build something new, I would probably build it in Explorer before I would build another deck in Historic. Yeah, those uh, wild cards are pretty uh, few and far between, so you got to be really careful what you're going to do. You'd want one that they're going to continue to support. Who knows what's going to happen to Historic? I mean, I'm sure Historic continues to get supported, but like, if there is one that is going to be a major tournament format and there is one that's going to be a just-for-fun format, I'm going to build for the tournament format right. before I build for the just-for-fun format. Especially 
Again, the economy is terrible. They should look into that. So the other thing in the, stra- the State of Arena announcement was just quality of life improvements. Uh, they're going to change the way deck building works, particularly with the cosmetics. This is something that people complain about. They want to be able to individually assign cosmetics per deck instead of changing the card for all of their decks. So if that matters to you, it's coming. Look, cosmetics problems over here. don't yeah. matter to me. But, like, I'm kind of surprised this wasn't the thing already, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize it wasn't. When I build my decks in Arena, I make every one of my islands a different art just to See. throw people off. <laughs> yeah, like, I'll, I'll be like, all right, one full art Nyx island, one full art Zendikar island, one full art. <laughs> there are probably some people like that, for sure. <laughs> There's people of all types. Uh, the other thing is Vault Progress is now visible or will be visible. Finally, So you'll see your should, percentage. So that way you can cash in. From day one. Yeah. That way you can cash in on the one you've been saving so you can see your progress. Does it still do that? My Vault's like not. Like how cool, so. there was this this thing in there and, uh, and large portions of people didn't even know it existed because there was no visible way to know about it. Right. I guess if you hack the uh, – not hack, but you pull up like a file in the directory, people you can see the your vault Yep. You can see the, um, the Vault progress there. Arena – I don't know if you guys use it, but Arena – what's it called? Arena Pro Tracker mm-hmm. will – show you the vault progress on there oh, okay so it's probably just reading that file yes, for you yeah it's reading the file the the fact that they were show ashamed of their vault size that they didn't even want to show it to nobody is really telling me too it's cold okay. me too the return oh yes you know what i'm saying yes you get four copies and then everything over that this uh that's uncommon goes or, to a percentage of the vault yeah goes, uh, uncommon or common go to the percentage of the vault I can't remember the last time I popped a vault. Uh, yeah. It's so obfuscated. So it's good that we have progress now, or we will. Yeah. I've, I've popped it twice. There were two sets where I was just so overburdened with common and uncommon wild cards that I just claimed all of the commons and wild cards in the set so that every common and uncommon card I got was vault progress. Yeah. Because there were a couple sets where I was just like, I have like 500 common and uncommon wild cards. And a bunch of packs you've earned. So yeah, so I was just first like, and then screw open it. Packs. I'm, just, I'm just going to redeem these wild cards for four of every uncommon and common in the set and then start opening packs. That's great, I guess. They're no longer ashamed of the size of their vault. Good on them. Instead, uh, they're going to make it so that you can be ashamed by the size of your vault. You don't have to have a large vault to have big vault energy. You just got to own what you got. It, it's all it's well it's what two two mythics and four rares and some uncommons oh i don't know I, like i said i haven't popped in forever and i was in it it's a mystery uh most people probably don't know <laughs> off the top of their heads anyways no. moving on i guess uh as was foretold by the original premiere play announcement we've got news on organized play as it pertains to arena and mtgo so we'll hit mtgo first because not a lot seemed to change but they still are doing the the qualifiers and the super qualifiers uh but wait there's more it says both the winner and the runner-up of the showcase event will earn direct invitations to the world championship to be held in 2023 it has an exclamation point, so I did that. Did they just sham wow guy us yes. in an article? They did. 
So that may be a change. I don't really know exactly how it works because I've never been up on that. <laughs> so that's not what the big news about organized play. The big one would be the arena organized play. Oh, yeah. Uh, we can touch base on this one first, and then we go to the good stuff, you know. Don't want to eat your pudding first. No. Got to eat the broccoli. So not much has changed other than how, who earns invitations to Pro Tour, I guess. Yeah, it, it, you you can earn your way up into the Pro Tour. Since they announced the Pro Tour, they kind of had to customarily say, hey, if you're on MTGO, you can earn your spot on a Pro Tour. Yep. Since so, it didn't exist prior. Well, it so didn't they exist had to announce that. currently. Right, they canceled. <laughs> then, I mean, you used to be able to get Pro Points mm-hmm. in MTGO, and that would eventually lead to you getting a... a invitation yeah and i guess what i'm saying is now that they've announced the pro tour they have to re-announce that they're doing the same thing they were doing before yeah okay so got that out of the way let's move to the juicy bits uh and talk about premier play for arena in 2022 why don't you head this one off uh there dave an mtg arena They've added, uh, basically, you can qualify for the Pro Tour World Championship. They will have a qualifier play-in where you can earn a spot in the qualifier weekend, which in turn you can earn a spot to the Arena Championship. So a $200,000 prize pool. They're going to be running it every four months. He wins. This article is formatted very poorly. Like Ideally, (laughs) if you were going to explain this to someone, you would start with the qualifier play-in. Then you would go to Qualifier Weekend, and then you would go to Arena Championship. Dude, this is why they put the little triangle pyramid scheme graphic at the top, because you're supposed to read that first. But But look, here's the deal, man. They they show you the graphic like you – like you're climbing the pyramid, and that's that's what you think. That's how how you're supposed to look at it. But then they explain it to you in the article like you're sliding down the f***ing pyramid. (laughs) It gets really confusing. And the fact that they're like, hey, if you do you want to be an Oko or a Garuk? How do you do the player profile? One time Oko. Oko doesn't play very much magic on Arena. His favorite format is Commander in person with friends. But he also enjoys drafting, so he knows the latest set well. He logs in. On I also like, I think this article. Playing and reaches maximum wins. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you want to be? Oko means you don't play enough, a lot of magic, but you do do some limited stuff on Fridays. And if you win there, you can qualify. But you could be Garuk, Garuk that uh, spends all the time in the world, just qualifies just by playing. Like, I don't really know. Like, it's silly. So you can the, – the, the bit about Oko is that you can qualify by playing limited. And then the bit about Garuk – is that they really want to push traditional alchemy events. <laughs> like you can the alchemy. The, the thing that they still don't explain, as far as I can tell, is how many play-in points you get for winning something. So it's like right. in order to play in the qualifier play-in event, which is the event that either runs one week or one day before qualifier weekend events, okay. uh, you need... Yeah. Who have collected 20 play-in points from regular events. Mm-hmm. And do you know why you don't know that? It's because they've hidden all this underneath drop-downs. If you go to constructed event structures and then click on the, the, the black bar, 
it opens up a oh Jesus a, a table and tells you what you get. Seven win gets you one play in point. If you do best of three, five wins gets you four play in points. Oh, I see. So this is actually. I didn't see there was a scroll down also. So in addition to having to expand it, you also have to scroll down. You you really have to work for this information. (laughs) So actually, this kind of sounds like what they do on Magic Online a little bit with, uh, they call it trophying a league. So if you trophy. The league, you uh-huh. get play points towards the qualifying event. Essentially, you got to be good to get on the pro tour, get which makes stuff. sense. You also have to spend a lot of money. It looks like, yes. yeah, because each of those entry fees are still like for best of one entry fee is twenty five hundred gold or three seventy five gems, and best of three is five thousand gold or seven hundred and fifty gems. So that can be up. To- I suppose if it, as long as you're winning. You can kind of make it all off of an initial investment because yeah, if you could get five wins in best of one, then you can pay for a new entry, and you can just roll ad nauseum until you get those play-in points. Um, if you're doing best of three, as long as you get looks like four wins out of five, then you can just roll right into the next one. But that's still mm-hmm. kind and of high. Draft, and then draft you you have to win out. You would have to get your three wins. That looks like it. I'm glad we figured that out. And then you still need 20 play-in points. And so that's winning 10 drafts, 5 best of 3, or 20 best of 1s, or some combination of those. And you use the the play-in points to get into qualifying events. Uh, So you gain 20 points throughout time. Then you get into a qualifying event. You spend your 20 uh, which that's like a qualifying weekend. If you if you win there, you get into arena championship. No, uh, no, no. We skipped a step. The twenty, the twenty player points get you into the qualifier play in event, which allows uh, you to have a chance to win to get into the qualifier weekend. Excellent. And then from the qualifying, yeah, weekend. no, we should totally make this structure as easy to understand as like, <laughs> why would this is so convoluted? Players can enter qualifier play-ins with twenty thousand gold or four thousand gems entry fee, or by collecting twenty play-in points from regular events on Magic Arena. Okay, but you still have to win the qualifying play-in to participate oh, in the qualifying okay. weekend. Yes. That is correct. And from the qualifying weekend, it, they will put you in the arena championship, and then additional players, it says, will be invited to bring the event to 32 competitors. The winner and runner-up will then go to the Pro Tour. Mm. Right. So I actually misspoke earlier because I thought it was 2,000 gold and 20 playing points. It is 20,000 oh. gold or 4,000 gems or 20 playing points. Okay. That's a little yeah. bit better. Yeah, so if you don't grind your way through things, you can still buy into the qualifier if you're good enough, you know, if you think you can win or whatever. If you're confident enough to win a tournament with zero practice, or not zero practice, but without all of the reps really necessary to win a tournament. Yeah, and and this, honestly, this is good, uh, because otherwise, what would they do, ladders? Like, you have to grind the ladder to get in, and this gives other people options that don't. Players can earn their spot in qualifying weekends through two paths, ladder play or event play. So you can grind the ladder grind the ladder if you'd like. How do you grind the ladder to get in? Let's solve that question next. Um I think it's like the mythic level 
people. That would make like, sense. But I want to see it. But then you just you just get to a qualifying event. Mm. The ladder grind takes you to the qualifying event, which you have to win to get to the arena, which then you have to win to get to the pro tour. I may give one of these tournaments a chance. If I don't yeah. have to, no, I'm not going to grind out 20 playing points, but I mean, I don't know. 4,000 gems is a lot. Like what is, how much is 4,000 gems in there? That's like 30, 40 bucks. Uh, every time yeah, it's 3,400 for 20. So you would need it to would be, you would have to spend $50 to get 9,200 gems, which I guess would give you two tournament entries. So it'd be about 25 bucks. each. That's actually not that bad because when you go to play in tournaments and paper magic, you're spending 35 up to 65, depending on how big the prize pool is to get in. So also if you register early for those, you get like a play mat. They still do that. They used to do that. Sometimes. Some places. Depends on the place. Um, But this will be a $20,000 prize pool uh, every quarter, it looks like. Uh, No. No. $20,000 is wrong. Oh, $200,000. Sorry. (laughs) There's an extra zero. So let me say that again. I would say $20,000 is not I was reading $200,000, but I said twenty. This sounds like the reverse plot of Office Space. So which one of you guys is going to compete? Um, I'm probably going to go the one-time Oko route unless Pioneer starts or Explorer starts taking off because I play a lot in paper. Oko, more like Joko. I'm definitely not going to grind. I play drafts a lot on Arena, but I don't play the type of draft that it looks like would give you the pro points. So I play the the gold drafts, the ones that cost 5,000 gold, not the ones that cost gems. Oh, right. Chances are if I were to play it, I would just buy my way in. I guess I would also be an Oko because I also identify as a shirtless fairy. (laughs) Hey, man. Fair enough. If you're going to be a fairy, you might as well be shirtless. I mean, he does get to make food tokens. Dude, I love food. That's a positive. Yeah. Food is good. Let's do some less uh, hardcore magic stuff, and let's talk about the uh, the good old days, the return to tradition. Let's talk about changes to the list, the list in uh, air quotes. Uh, yeah. For, you know. Let's talk about what the list is real quick. The list is a curated set of cards, um, about 300, and these cards are from Magic's history. So, like, I pulled a nut collector from the list which I remember playing back in Odyssey, so that was cool to kind of see. You have a chance when you open a set booster, you can pull a card from the list. It's a 25% chance. And each set, they rotate some of the cards off the list and bring new ones in. A lot of the cards that they swap in and out kind of have to do with the new set, so like have to do with the Planeswalkers that exist in New Capenna and things like that. But yeah, that's the list. Uh, Only available in set and collector booster. No, sorry. Uh, I think just set boosters, not collector boosters. It nice. takes the slot of your uh, token nice. in the pack. You mean there's no way we can get 9,000 tokens uh, by buying set boosters now? You've got a giant box of tokens. I do have a giant box of tokens. <laughs> Who doesn't have a giant box of tokens, really? They sell, they sell a set that's tokens only. What? Yeah, there's a set that's only tokens. What set? It's called token something. I don't remember what it's called, but it literally is just tokens. They're like $6 I mean, a pack. That's nice when you're like trying to cast your army of the damned and commander and you're like, I need 13. 
zombies. Zombies, and you're like digging through your box, and you've only got like eight, so you have to do the dice thing. And yeah, I'll do the dice <laughs> thing. How do you feel about the list, other Dave? Well, this seems like a, an interesting thought to me. It's it's one of those things that I feel like is better in theory than in practice. But then again, I haven't bought any of the really the packs that they're in, so maybe that's why. It just will, seems to me like it's it's a cool thing to get. It's a cool thing to think about. It's a cool thing to be like, oh yeah, I have you know, I remember this. But then like I I feel like if I got one in a booster pack that I got for a different booster or for a different set, I'd be like, eh, this could have been something else. Or it could have been a token because that's the slot it takes. Yeah. So. That's, the the cool yeah. thing is that sometimes, like, say you buy a, a whole box of cards. Um, uh, just the other day, somebody's telling me they opened a box and they got two list cards whose value equaled the cost <laughs> of that box because some of them are pretty pricey. So it adds a little extra value, a little wow factor to opening a set booster. That's just them trying to get you to gamble on cards more. Oh, yeah, for sure. It works though. Gym lottery tickets, baby. Hey, I it's like just that. having my nut collector in a, yeah. in a sleeve, looking at it. Don't don't come between his and him and his nut collectors. Um, I personally like the list. Um, it's not something that would get me to buy a set booster on its own. Uh, to be perfectly honest, the the most appealing thing about set boosters to me is that they're not draft boosters, and I don't feel bad about opening them. Yeah, you can pull like three rares. Yeah, well, it's just you so can't draft with them, so you might as well open them. I'm sitting on yeah. like so <laughs> yeah, many boxes of unopened draft boosters because I ain't got nobody to draft with. Big sad. Uh, maybe it's just that design school part of me, but my favorite part of set boosters is the art cards. I do love the art cards. Right. So anyway, the, have the, the the gelatinous cube art card, and I think yeah. that's more valuable to me than any oh, magic so you, card that I own. That's pretty sick. I would like that one. So that's yeah. a good pull. So anyway, so every set they they swap some cards out of the list and put new ones in. What's interesting uh, about this particular swap from the list is they turn secret layer cards into different magic cards. So they cost the same. The text is the same. The only thing that's changed is the name. Uh, so before, it might be... Uh, your favorite character from Stranger Things, like uh, Eleven or uh, Mike or the other kids. Um, but now they are just random magic people. They've given you additional ways to get those cards, but they're not Stranger Things anymore. So this is them making good on their promise to re-release the same card mechanically, but without the 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 goofy flavor of Stranger Things. Yep. So, do you feel like they'll be? This is going to be the avenue in which they put these uh, secret layer cards into the game. Then I think they'll do it again. Bajorna Nightfall Alchemist as its friends forever. You can have two commanders. Oh yeah. If both have friends forever. Isn't that partner? I'm confused. Yeah, but it's different than partner because they have to actually have friends forever. So you can't have a friends forever and a partner. They both have to have oh, friends okay. forever. So I those are each of the kids from... Yeah, so these oh. are commander cards. So you can't... Uh, I mean, I would bet money that commander ends up on Arena eventually. Oh, probably. Oh, but is it four-player commander or 1v1 commander? I don't know. Uh, I mean, it'll only ever probably be 1v1 in Arena. I doubt they ever do the coding to make anything more than that. 
Big sad. So, yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Check the link in the show notes uh, if you want to check out the uh, changes there. Sure. Get on clicking. Commander spoilers. You want to go over some Commander spoilers? Do you guys like Commander? I bet you like Commander. Which yeah. one likes Commander? I'm okay with it. You're okay with it? Yeah. It's an interesting format. The singleton part. I, I, what's unique about it is that every game is different, which is different than constructed, where you design your deck to be as efficient and work the same way every time. Commander is more of a looser format. Uh, it's more akin to like friends at the table, you know. It's nice for that. They just yeah, I, I like Commander as something that you play for fun. I do not like the idea of competitive Commander. Yeah, the people just trying to pull off infinite combos. That's the whole point of their deck. That's kind of... Ugh. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to let you in on a uh, big Magic Dad secret for me to you. Uh, I play Commander with my kids... Yeah, almost exclusively because they don't want to sit around while other people are playing cards and they're just watching them. So play a lot of Commander with the kiddos. Great bonding experience. None of them like drafts, so I'm never going to get a draft pod out of uh, <laughs> my horde of children, unfortunately. So Commander's a good second. Isn't that the whole reason you had them? I mean... It was, and it just didn't work out. So let's just give a, a quick rundown of That's the Commander decks and uh, you know, say your piece about them if you want to. There's five. They both they yeah, each deck represents a crime family, and uh, they basically do the thing that the family does. In New Capenna, these are the pre-constructed yeah. New Capenna commander yeah. decks. Why don't you give that rundown, uh, Ben? Yeah, sure. So the first one that they have is the Obscura Operation deck. I will go through and I'll read the commander and then talk a little bit about what the deck does. I think that's the best way to go over this. So the commander is Kami's Obscura Oculus. It costs one colorless, a white, a blue, and a black legendary creature, Cephalid Rogue. It is 2-4. It says, whenever you attack, target attacking creature can't be blocked this turn. It connives. Then choose another attacking creature with lesser power. That creature gains double strike until end of turn. So connive is the mechanic uh, that you draw a card and discard a card. If it's a non-land card, then you get a 1-1 counter on that creature that connived. So you choose a creature to connive, then you choose another one with less power, and it gains double strike. Important that that you connive first. Correct. Because it means that, yeah, you can... If you have two four fours on the board, you choose the lesser power. Correct. Yeah. So if you have four fours on the board, you connive, you discard a non-land, you put a one-one counter on it. Now you can choose the other four four. Where if they're both four four, you can't choose. So it looks like this deck is kind of creature heavy. There's a lot of cards in it that are creatures who are hard to block, um, like can't be blocked by power of three or less. There's Island Walk, Swamp Walk, things like that. The Shroud. And it has lots of cards to make different creatures. It's focused on drawing card. There's a little bit of removal in it. This one, I'm not... I, I personally, I'm not sure. I'd have to play this one. It's not something that just jumps out as like being super awesome. But the hard to block is one of the main focus of this deck. We in the biz like to call that invasive. I mean, Kamai seems like a great mechanic for Commander, mm-hmm. especially in those colors. If you can reanimate and make this card not be as costly and you can boost a creature and you can hand sculpt seems pretty yep seems pretty good thief of sanity is in the deck list and that's probably my favorite card uh, 
or favorite recent card, I should say. That is a really good card, actually. Anytime that I can beat my opponent with their cards, you can count me in. It's three converted mana cross, flying, 2-2. Two, two. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, look at the top three cards of that player's library. Exile one of them face down, then put the rest into their graveyard. For as long as that card remains exiled, you may look at it, you may cast it, and you may spend mana as though it were any mana type to cast that spell. So yes, Thief of Sanity is going to kind of disrupt the board a little bit, um, keep them from drawing. Hopefully they're good stuff. And, and since you can do any mana of any type to cast it, otherwise it wouldn't work well in Commander. He kind of, though, he always reminds me of a... You remember the flag bearers from, like, older magic? The If a spell can target a spell, it has to target a flag bearer. He's basically a flag bearer yeah. because everyone just immediately targets him as soon as you put him on the board. Right, right. Yeah. Like, you're just using him to bait out removal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the Maestro's yeah. Massacre deck, uh, the commander is Angelo the Painter. It costs a single blue, black, and red... It is legendary creature vampire, vampire assassin, 1-3 with death touch. It says the first instant or sorcery spell you cast each turn has casualty 2. So as you cast the card, you can sacrifice somebody with 2 power or more and make a copy of the spell that you cast, and you can choose new targets for the copy. That's the casualty mechanic. Um, this deck looks very sorcery heavy. There are a lot of sorceries that make creatures, um, there are a lot of sorceries that disrupt the board. The commander itself gives everything casualty two, so you can make the ton of creatures, then cast your cards, sacrificing those two creatures. And then a lot of the creatures that aren't tokens have return from the graveyard effects. It has my personal favorite returner, Squee the Immortal. I One. knew Squee was going to be your favorite, just because oh. of Squee from the books, isn't yes. it? Yes, yep. If you read the book, Squee is I awesome. One colorless, two red. <laughs> Legendary creature Goblin. He's a 2-1, and you may cast Squee the Immortal from your graveyard or from exile. So he never dies. You can always get him back no matter what. It's great. Oh, man. I've, like, bolted this uh, card before because I didn't finish reading it. (laughs) (laughs) I got it. No, I've exiled it. Yeah, like a path to exile or something. Uh, What's the lava lava one? Deal four damage if it would die this turn, exile it instead. Anyways. And then it said, nope, I'm coming back. Yeah, and then I like, got it out of there because I, I figured it was a combo piece. And they're like, no, I'm going to have it back. I'm like, <laughs> So, yeah, you can endlessly sacrifice Squeak because his power is two, <laughs> then bring it back to casualty again. This deck actually seems very powerful. Some of the uh, sor- sorceries are Army of the Damned, uh, which creates 13 tapped 2-2 black zombie creature tokens for eight converted mana, and it has flashback of... Nine converted mana. So could you imagine? That's casualty. four copies of that spell. Yeah, it seems very mana intensive, though. I mean, because especially if you're going to use Squee for it. Although I suppose if you cast it once, you can just use your other zombies. Because mm-hmm. um, like you're going to have to recast Squee as well each time. Yeah, yeah there's. Uh, I mean, it's Commander. You're going to cast yeah. a seven or nine casting cost spell anyway. It's not. Yeah, you're mana gonna... intensive in Commander does not mean the same thing as mana intensive elsewhere. And a lot of the other cards that you would then split are board control. So <laughs> chain reaction costs four, and it deals X damage to each creature, where X is the number of creatures on the battlefield. Uh, then you would you know do that again twice. In an early game, you have enough removal to really keep yourself from dying, as well as your undying creature or the creatures you can bring back. 
some cost reduction stuff. It seems this one seems pretty pretty good. As with any commander precon, you can substitute some cards out and put other cards in, and then have a really good commander deck. So, uh, moving on to River Tears Rampage, the commander is Henzi Toolbox Torre. One black, one red, one green. Legendary creature, Devil Rogue. It's a 3-3. Each creature spell you cast with mana value 4 or greater has Blitz. The Blitz cost is equal to its mana cost. And it also has Blitz cost you pay cost 1 less for each time you've cast your commander from the commander zone this game. This is actually probably my favorite one. <laughs> this one has some, some serious bustability to it, I think. For blitzing, you play it for its bliss cost, it gains haste, and you have to sacrifice it at the end of the turn, but it also has when this creature dies, draw a card. So you're getting card advantage when you blitz in. What's cool about this deck is that it also has a cards that have bounce effects, so you blitz in a creature, and then you bounce it back to your hand before it dies, uh, or you can let it die and take the card advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, either way, you get the enter the battlefield effect I love, too, that it has just some straight colorless creatures. Yeah. <laughs> eventually costs With zero. his second ability, you know, yeah, eventually saw him simulacrum and, and artisan and Kozelic. You're just dropping those guys for free. I'm surprised there's not, like, an Emrakul or something in this list. They probably just didn't want to put it in the pre-con. Oh, yeah, not a $68 card. So Solemn Simulacrum is four. Converted mana cost artifact creature golem 2-2. Two, two. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land card, put that card onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. And then also when it dies, you draw you may draw a card. So if you've cast your commander from the zone four times, this card is free. And you put it out, you get another land, then it dies, you draw a card from the blitz, and you draw a card from its die effect on the card. So it's two cards and a basic land for zero mana. That's really cool. Yeah, but you've also spent, what, eight mana plus a black, a red, and a green, so 11. Yeah, to cast your To put the commander commander out to get your free. Yes, and that's at that point. But, I mean, again, you cast it first time four, and then if you've cast your commander, it's three, two, one. So you get, it gets better as the game moves on, which Mm -hmm. one thing about commander is those games can last forever. The only thing, I wish this guy had Blitz himself, because then he would die, and then you could cast him again and further reduce your cost. But otherwise, you have to have a sack outlet, which they do include. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cabaretti Cacophony. Its commander is Kit Canto Mayhem Diva. One colorless, one red, one green, and one white. Legendary creature, Cat Bard Druid. It's a bard and a druid at multiclassed. Uh, 3-3. Does it just sing the Meow Mix song? Dude, if it did. I happen uh, to think that Mayhem Diva might be the most awesome title I've ever seen on a Magic card. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. So when Kit Kanto enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 green and white citizen creature token. At the beginning of combat on each player's turn, you may tap two untapped creatures you control. When you do, target creature that player controls gets plus two, plus two, and gains trample until end of turn, goad that creature. So goad is an ability, particularly designed for commander, where you force that creature to attack that turn. It's a lot to take in, but what it basically says is on every player's turn, you get to choose to tap two of your creatures. If you do, you pick one of their creatures, and then you give them plus two, plus two, trample, and they must attack. Uh, With goad, is it... Is it they must attack you or they must no. attack, period? Just period. 
they must attack. So the interesting thing about this deck is that the other cards in the deck are kind of focused on giving benefit to the players that's been goaded to attack other people that's not you and giving them punishment if they attack you. For example, the card Gajiji, the Honored One, two red, green, white. It's a 4-4 legendary creature beast. Whenever a creature attacks one of your opponents or a planeswalker an opponent controls, that creature gets plus 2, plus 0 until end of turn. So that says that if you attack somebody else, you're going to get plus 2, plus 2. And then the other one is, an example, Kazul, Tyrant of the Cliffs, 3 and 2 red, legendary creature Ogre Warrior, 5-4. Whenever a creature an opponent controls attacks, if you're the defending player, create a 3-3 red Ogre creature token unless that creature's controller pays 3. So those are two examples of, like, I get something if you attack me, or you get something if you attack somebody else. I think it's kind of a neat deck idea. Yeah, but then what are you going to do when it's just you and, and one other person? Uh, you're gonna you're gonna punish them for attacking you. Yeah. Well, I don't know how this is gonna go, but I think it is just a neat card, and I'm sure there are ways to slot in other on the 99 to make this kind of maybe broken. <laughs> People will figure it out. And the last deck is Bedecked Brokers. Uh, the the commander is Perry the Pulverizer. One, green, white, blue, legendary creature, Rhino Soldier. Rhinos are kind of big in New Capenna, I've, I've seen. Uh, it's 3-3. When Perry enters the battlefield... Rhinos players, are big everywhere. Yeah. There are no tiny rhinos. Nope. Usually 4-4. Four, four. When Perry enters the battlefield, put a shield counter on target creature, which is shield counter if it's dealt damage or destroyed. You remove the counter from it instead of dealing it damage or destroying it. Kind of like a protection. Whenever Perry attacks, target creature you control gains trample and gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of different kinds of counters among permanents you control. So being the Bant callers, this deck is very focused on giving counters and buffing your creatures through counters, which then they're proliferating cards, which add an additional counter of the type they have on it. Um, to make them big and grow over time. What's interesting is <laughs> they uh, actually have a couple creatures in here with negative one, negative one counters to, <laughs> to give them another type of counter for the ability on the commander. And when you proliferate, it says you may choose to put an additional counter of the same type on. So you don't have to give them more negative one, negative one counters. Just a nice little bonus there. Counter- I mean, Crystalline Giant is kind of the big card in there, right? That makes everything work. Do you want to read that one off? At the beginning of combat on your turn, choose a kind of counter at random that Crystalline Giant doesn't have on it from among Flying, First Strike, Death Touch, Hexproof, Lifelink, Menace, Reach, Trample, Vigilance, and plus one, plus one. Put a counter of that kind on Crystalline Giant. So you, how, many, so, how many options are you have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine additional, or ten additional <laughs> options for counters? Mm-hmm. It's the... Uh, Uh, 3-3 artifact creature for 3. Yep. They also included a Planeswalker in this pre-con so that you get loyalty counters as one of them. This this could be good. Uh, The counter decks in Commander uh, have traditionally been hit or miss, whether they're super good or not. So we'll see. And that's all of the pre-cons for you Commander players out there. I hope... Some of it piqued your interest. So um, I know you, you guys might have said already, but to round this 
segment out, which one do you think you would play if given the chance? Like, what's your favorite? Uh, hands down, John slash Riveteer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would probably enjoy playing the Maestro's Massacre more, but I think that the Riveteer is probably going to be stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I feel, the, I feel the same way. I like casting spells and I like free spells, but like Jun's pretty cool. Yeah. So the thing is with Commander, it's nice to have. Now I'm not talking about infinite combos, but it's nice to have those big moments where you're like, yeah, I just put 26 creatures on the board. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And the <laughs> that army of the damn card was in the uh, Amanatu precon too. Which is oh, yeah. one of the ones I, I use to play with my kids, and they get really salty when you manage to drop that card. They're like, oh. Yeah, but in Commander, board wipes are very common, so you got to take that into account. If you get yeah. twenty six on, and then find them twenty six off the very next turn. Yeah, but then you just do it again for the flashback. There you go. Okay, I think we're about to wrap this up. Anybody got anything else to add to this fine show? Yeah, I want to. I want to make a challenge. A challenge has been put forth. Explain what, your challenge. Are you challenging me to a duel? I am challenging you to a duel, sort of. So we're going to challenge each other to take a card to make a workable event, uh, workable deck out of it. So I will name this card. And just because uh, you know we're saying right now it's a card, in the future it could be other things. Correct. This is going to be a span of two weeks. We'll have one week to build our deck, and then on the second week, we're going to play each other and see who comes out on top to who made the best deck. Um, Play each other in various ways. We'll work all that out, kind of elaborate that more on next week. But for this week, we are going to be making a deck that uses Bootlegger's Stash from the new Compenna set. I will read Bootlegger Stash. It is one green, five colorless artifact that says lands you control have tap, create a treasure token. I want to see how we can break this card. <laughs> the interesting ways to do such. Um, so yeah, we'll make the decks and reveal them next week. But if you guys have any suggestions on cool combos or a whole deck list itself, then send those to us at show at magicprovinggrounds.com. We'll take a look at it. You might be better than ours, and we'll end up using it. <laughs> so, uh, especially if some of us... I have ideas. I'm excited. But what format are we using? Can I talk you guys into Commander? Yeah? No? 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 How are you going to break a deck, or how are you going to make a deck based on one card in Commander? Oh, I've got ideas. Especially one that you can't make your Commander. What? You know what? <laughs> I'm just, I've decided my thing is Commander Guy, so. <laughs> um, so Commander's out then? Is that what you're saying? Uh, we, we will have challenges around Commander, but I'm not sure that Bootlegger Stash is. In I the spirit of breaking the card, I'm not sure that Commander I mean, we could each come up with a different challenge each time. Like, oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, but like, we're talking about this challenge. You get ahead of yourself. I think it should be standard. I just don't want to suggest it. It's your challenge. Yeah, but I suggested every other part of the challenge. It's your challenge. You tell us the rules. Okay, look, I'm suggesting standard because, you know, 
That's a completely original <laughs> idea, and it was not. I, I'm suggesting standard because it's what Ben wants it to be, but he won't say it. You're ruining my flow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so standard it is. Thanks for the suggestion. What am I ruining, Dave's? My flow. How did I ruin it? It's almost unanimous. The only the only standout was uh, Ben. He, he seemed to want something else, but we outvoted him. It's fine. I guess you guys, us all, myself included, should get to brewing. So, what are you going to say about him, or are you just too disturbed now to come I, I can't. I can't. Let's get out of here. All right. <laughs> well, I literally should not have pushed that button. Oh, my God. Because I thought I would... Do-